The following program contains mature language and spoilers. Listener discretion advised. Okay, you heard that Marvel has taken back the Star Wars license, right? No. Tell me more. Okay, Dark Horse had it for like 20-some-odd years, helped keep it alive, and now that Disney owns it, they're like, fuck you, ganked it back, and they're putting some pretty big names on the Star Wars properties, but I don't have any cares for Star Wars anymore. Do you? No. Okay. I mean, not even for the movie. I mean, I guess I'll go see the movies, but I, I mean, you know, I, I never read, I don't think I've ever read a single Star Wars comic book. Like, I, I don't know. I just never was into seeing... The expanded you know, universe of that? I don't need a Princess Leia miniseries. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't get it. I never got that. Well, I think you were a little too young, too, because Mr. Fixin and I grew up with those movies hitting the, the movie theater and at a time when there was nothing else like Star Wars. And what's yeah. worse is we also saw a whole bunch of stuff that came out in its wake that wasn't half the movie that Star Wars was, but that created that strong interest for us. And then by the time you know you started seeing the movies, they were oldies, and there was a lot of other good stuff that had come out. They'd finally had movies up their game enough to match Star Wars to some degree. And then, of course, the, we all saw the prequels together, and that was a harrowing experience unfortunate because of the prequels and just because i've gotten tired of star wars fans to some degree especially when i was at the shop i had a lot of people that were just had a religious zeal for those movies burned me out on the properties all those characters i've heard some interesting stuff about the new movies but i'm not going to be excited until i see some footage that motivates me to check that stuff out yeah i mean a lot of the wow of those movies was the special effects and special effects i mean i just i just left planet of the apes and the effects were just amazing in that movie they were terrific especially for so much cgi being the focal point of the film. I mean, well, none of those apes were real, right? They were all CGI, weren't they? I, I believe so, but you could, I mean, I honestly, I couldn't tell you for sure. Whereas normally, I, I would say yes, for sure. That is 100%. Yeah, it makes I, me flashback to like Van Helsing, where there wasn't a single scene of that movie that you couldn't tell was CGI. And now yeah. you've got these uh, real environments or very real looking environments. If the environments were fake, I'm totally blown away by that movie. But all those armies of apes had to be CGI, or the majority at least, oh. and completely yeah, yeah. realistic completely bought into it, uh, completely immersed in that world. Uh, the bar is so high now. Yeah, it's, it's just not... You know, and remember, the, the the prequels were supposed to be that. Remember, they were like, oh my gosh, this has been all... And I never saw anything in those prequels that was jaw-dropping. No, uh, it was still fairly fake. I don't think the technology was there yet, even at that point. And uh, they just were too reliant on sets and CGI. Everybody looked like they were on a stage interacting with video game aspects. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know how much, you know, th these new movies are, I, I don't know how amped up I'm going to get for them. I'll go see them, but well, maybe. I might go see them. Storytelling-wise, the bar is now very low. There was some Ant-Man footage that was released at San Diego Comic-Con. I believe that it was all CGI with some voice work by the actors. Have you followed the Ant-Man's progress at all? Progress or lack thereof? Well, Edgar Wright had worked on it for about eight years. He left the production a few months ago. They went through a series of different potential courtships with directors. Finally, they ended up with Peyton Reed, who I think has done a few good comedies. People who are in the industry are much more congratulatory of Marvel getting a pretty good guy to follow up Edgar Wright, but the fans were very upset that this visionary behind Scott Pilgrim versus the world wasn't going to be involved anymore. 
Interesting. Okay. Anyway, uh, I thought Scott Pilgrim was just a fantastic piece of work. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing that kind of manic energy go into Ant-Man. The Marvel movies, as much as I like them, they haven't had as strong of a directorial vision as uh, other movies you could think of. You know, I, I just want to see a good Marvel movie, and I hope it works out for them. Uh, do you know the main cast members? I, I No, I do not. Okay. Paul Rudd is going to play Scott Lang, who was the second Ant-Man from the 1970s. Uh, Michael Douglas is going to play Hank Pym. Uh, and he, he, I believe, is going to be directing Scott Lang's character to help him recover equipment that was taken from him. And then Evangeline Lilly will be playing Hope Van Dyne, which makes one wonder what a relationship to Janet Van Dyne may be. And the villain is played by Corey Stoll. He'll be playing Darren Cross, who I'm not familiar with, but he's apparently from the 70s series. Hmm. Um, I'm hoping the movie will be okay. I'm not like, super excited about it, but maybe they'll pick up steam as, as it starts actually filming in about a month or so. Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd, yes. Oh. Okay, I, I do like Paul Rudd. It's, he's obviously an atypical casting choice for an action movie, but I think they're going to push the superhero aspect, the I mean, the comedy aspect with it a bit more than they have in the other movies. This is 40. I told you this. I, I hated that movie so much. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Paul Rudd in another freaking film ever. <laughs> like, I, all those those actors came out of the movie hating those films, that film and those, all those actors. So the, the fact that he's going to be an Ant-Man is not... I mean, I don't know. That's uh, a, it's more Judd Apatow's fault than Paul Rudd's, but ugh, I'm traumatized. That's a pretty hefty magnitude of hatred. <laughs> hated it. Hated, hated, hated it. It was about an hour too long, and it wasn't a comedy. So they were uh, showing footage from Avengers Age of Ultron. It's a scene that I've heard some good things about, and I know that you don't like spoilers. I don't either, so I'm not going to tell you about it. Paul Bettany, who's been providing the voice for Jarvis, is apparently going to appear as the Vision. Ah, and they released a poster of promotional art that showed all the Avengers fighting a bunch of Ultrons. Uh, the Vision is off in the background, kind of discreetly placed. So you can see there's a guy floating back there, but you don't necessarily know who it is. But it's been such a poorly kept secret that most everybody knows about it now. It's going to be hard to avoid in the future, I suspect. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm down with that. Angela's getting a miniseries, Asgard's Assassin. Uh, got a really great creative team, Kieran Gillen, Marguerite Bennett, Phil Jimenez, and Stephanie Hans. It's interesting seeing Angela inserted into the Marvel Universe after being an Image character for so many years. She's, she actually got around a fair amount when she was at Image. And it's been a long time since we've seen this degree of integration from a, a, a formerly independent character into a mainstream universe. You know, the Wildstorm properties have never really been very well integrated into DC, and they've had them for the better part of 15, 20 years now. Interesting. And they're giving her uh, Phil Jimenez, huh? Yeah, wow. that's pretty nice. Uh, and I wasn't a big fan of him on Wonder Woman. He was very true to the character's origins, which I respected. But I, I'm just not a fan of him very much as a writer. So knowing that he's going to have some strong writers, and I know he's going to bring art that's going to work great for the Angela character, I'm looking forward to checking out that series on Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> Point being, I'm not going to pay $4 a month for it, but for part of an overall subscription, I'll, I'm down for that. I'll jump on that. Right, that's like, man, I, I can't wait to catch that movie when it hits Redbox. Netflix. Let's be honest, it's Netflix. Captain America and the Mighty Avengers is coming out by Al Ewing and Luke Ross. Do you remember Damon Owens? Yes, I do. Okay. He's got, I I mentioned him by name because he actually has an online gallery of all the commissions he's done in the last couple of decades where he had a concept called the Brotherhood where he would gather all the black heroes from all the different universes, Marvel, DC, Image, whatever, and form his own perfect black super teams and and insert them into different crossover concepts and such. Well, the Mighty Avengers is kind of like that. Interesting. 
And I'm, I, they're definitely trading up on art with Luke Ross, but uh, the problem that I have is if you're going to have an Avengers team and then it's at Marvel exclusively and you don't have people like Black Panther and Storm on it and we're having to get by with you know Luke Cage being like the biggest name and guys you've never heard of like Blue Marvel or Monica Rambeau in her 15th different incarnation. I don't, I don't remember what they're calling her now. It's not Photon anymore. They changed her name again. I don't know why they would even do that because it's not confusing enough that she went from Captain Marvel to Photon and now she's got yet another name. So I, I, I good intentions and a, a decent creative team, but it, it just doesn't feel like they've given enough of the quality characters to make that team worth reading beyond political reckless leanings, things like that. Yeah, that sounds like you uh, you had a good thought and then half-assed it. Yeah, I tried the first issue. It was okay, but it just it it wasn't enough to get me back for a trade. I might read it on uh, on the you know Marvel Unlimited. I'm not I'm really not getting any money from those guys. It just comes up a lot because it's so great to have access to all those books without having to pay for them individually. Is uh, is Photon at least still in her old? Uniform? Or are, they, are they changing her uniform with the name? Or what they, are they, doing? they gave her yet another new uniform. She's actually gone through a few since the last time you read comics. This one is reasonably close to her original Captain Marvel suit. I think it's black and white. There might be some yellow in there. And I, I know she's not wearing a mask anymore. But otherwise, I think it's fairly close to the original costume. I always liked her costume. That'd yeah, she's nice. cool. Well, I, I got you that tapestry a while back from Third Planet that had that cover from the mid-80s that I think... Tom Palmer painted. Yep. And I've got that in my bathroom. It's it. I love it. I just love looking at it. It, it really spruces up the joint. Yeah, it's a good one. That's a good one for sure. Super clean costume. Just it, it was nice. Well, and I just love those covers too. I miss that kind of classic style painted cover on a on a mainstream book. Yeah. They're going to go ahead and give Marvel's Agents of Shield their own comic, but they're going to superhero them up more. Mark Wade's going to be doing it though, so it might be a pretty good book. And then also the season two is going to introduce the Mockingbird character into the series. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I find kind of weird because Mockingbird is a pretty obvious Black Canary analog, and then Black Canary's already on the Arrow series, so I'm wondering how they're going to change up the character to work on S.H.I.E.L.D., especially because she's going to basically be competing with her original self. Well, I wonder if they're going to do ever do a uh, Mockingbird, Black Widow, Hawkeye deal. That would be pretty cool. I could be get a movie out of that, potentially. S.H.I.E.L.D. has a spinoff series, or Captain America has a spinoff series, however you want to look at it. Agent Carter is going to be like a mini-season, a mid-season replacement for Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they've announced that the second and third episodes are going to be directed by Captain America, the Winter Soldier directors Joe and Anthony Russo, and that the first Avengers director, Joe Johnston, is in talks to do the fourth episode. Interesting. Yes, I'm looking forward to that series. We watched the mini-movie that came on uh, one of the DVDs over the weekend of Agent Carter, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. You know, I, I was one of the people that couldn't make it past how bad the pilot was for Agent of Shield, and I know it got really good later on. Well, but... it got better. I'm not gonna. I'm not willing to say really good. There was some cool stuff that helped you appreciate the Winter Soldier more. They fed into one another, so it definitely got better. But I'm not sure if I'd quite willing to qualify it as good. It was just. It was so bad. I just uh, didn't. I, I just don't really care about any of those characters, and I just was like, whatever. You know, I. My, my time is too precious to, to give this show another shot. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't urge people to watch the show. I love the Agent Coulson character within the context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but mm-hmm. making him Papa Daddy Shield to all these young pup agents, it's just not nearly as much fun as him being our, our representative fanboy inside of the Marvel uni- movie universe. I know you caught the little teaser trailer for Superman vs. Batman. That was pretty damned underwhelming i mean it's a scene that if they're really going to do the dark knight Ret- well dark knight returns right yeah it's it's, it's pretty much exactly like dark knight returns it's a batman in the armor I think he's plugged into the bat symbol instead of into a street light waiting to get into a big fight with superman yeah i mean so you knew the scene was going to be in there I, I, 
I mean, I don't know. I, I nothing for me to freak out about because I don't really care about those characters, and especially since I really didn't care for any of the Nolan Batman films. Oh, gasp, gasp! Um, and I, I didn't even buy after I saw what was the last Superman Man of Steel, Man of Steel. Um, what was the one before that? Superman, Superman Returns. Superman Returns. That was such an abomination that I didn't really care to see the new Superman when it came out when it was rebooted again. It is better. I that's I heard it's better, but. Yeah, Superman Returns was a maybe one quarter of a good movie, and then the rest of it was a total snooze, where Man of Steel, I'd say, is about three quarters of a solid movie, with one quarter of, why am I sitting here watching a 45-minute CGI cutscene? Yeah, that's sort of what I'd, that's what I'd heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it kills me that they're using that Dark Knight Returns as reference, because that is such a specific circumstance in a very particular book, and... That had that scene has to take place at the end of the careers of Superman and Batman. It's two friends that have had a falling out over major political differences. And it's also a scene that's always misunderstood because that is a scene of Batman throwing everything he's got, plus some stuff that his friends have got, plus some kryptonite, plus this never-before-seen armor at Superman, and just barely starting to tip the, favor, uh, the fight to his advantage very temporarily, with Superman clearly holding back because he didn't want to hurt his friend, and then dying. And somehow they turned that into this triumphant Batman scene, and now it's going to be an opportunity for them to beat up on Superman and make Batman look cool again at the beginning of Superman's career. It's it's uh, it's just a stroke fest for Batman fans. It doesn't make sense within continuity. Um, it makes Superman look like absolute shit. And I'm just so completely turned off by this movie. Plus, did you see the Wonder Woman costume? I saw the the sort of still movie poster-ish looking mm-hmm. thing. I, I didn't really pay too much attention to the costume. Yeah, I, it, it's so frustrating to me because I'm a Wonder Woman fan. Yeah. And, you know, I've read these comics for years. I feel I know that character well. And obviously in recent years, they've had her running around with a sword and acting like Xena. Really kind of, I think it got started with Kingdom Come, the, the Mark Wade Alex Ross book. Yeah. And uh, now there's a generation of fans that think that Wonder Woman is Xena. And they look at that suit and they're like, yay, it's awesome, it's great. She's a warrior. They're showing what a warrior she is. And for me, as soon as you put a sword in Wonder Woman's hand, you've completely misunderstood what that character's about. And between the Dark Knight Returns scene and Xena Wonder Woman with her muted, bronzy coloring and her big phallic symbol in her hand, I'm so turned off by that movie. I really doubt I'm going to see that one time. Yeah, now, that, now I, I just brought it up to look at it while we're talking. You're right. That is that is Xena Warrior Princess. It's just this muted. Well, at least Xena had two colors. She's just all like this bronzy cut shade. Yeah, it's all it's all bronze and brown leather. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is Xena. Oh, I guess Xena had like the gold and black, right? Yeah, yeah, and then she had like a silvery iron the the thing she threw the little circular blade thing. Yeah. So yeah. And also, remember when Gal Gadot was supposed to get all toned up and be a hard body and look like she could throw guys like Superman and Batman around? That shit sure didn't happen. No, she just looks like a chick in a bad Xena Halloween costume. She a total cosplay. That sh- none of that looks like metal. That is plastic looking stuff. Yeah, I mean, now that I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I guess she she doesn't have the star skirt or underwear. And if you look closely at the tiara, which points downward it has this like nine pointed star thing on it like the generic starburst kind of like captain marvel's old chest piece it, it gets just close enough that she's recognizable as wonder woman but so far off the mark that i'm ugh, disgusted well, at, the same, at the same time and if they would have said hey new xena warrior princess movie coming out and posted this thing 
I don't think anybody would say, oh, that's totally, that's a total Wonder Woman ripoff. No, no. I mean, I mean, Xena's definitely got her fans. I think the main complaint would be that Gal Gadot doesn't look snarly, you know, tough enough to play Xena. Right, right, right. But, but what I'm saying is nobody would say that's definitely Wonder Woman's costume on Xena, right? They mm-hmm. would just say that wouldn't be the complaint. Right. Whereas though obviously not Wonder Woman's costume, and it is more Xena-ish, that you can say, oh, but that's kind of Xena. You, you kind of look at it and go, Oh yeah, that is. It's sort of the same same thread. If you walk out to people on the street and you ask, "Does this look more like Wonder Woman or does this look more like Xena?" They're going to say Xena. Uh, and what's funny too is between that footage and the posters, I'm I, I'm actually more excited about the DC movie television show trailers that have been coming out. The Flash was okay. We watched that one over a weekend together. Uh, no, it wasn't, but okay. And then you got the Gotham series coming from Fox, which if I cared about Gotham, I might be excited about. It, it's a good looking show. I just I don't want to watch anything in the Batman universe anymore. I'm bored with the guy. Yeah, that's going to be. It's just, t- I mean, I'm telling you, that franchise is tired, in my opinion. Mm. But. And then you've got Arrow, which is still basically Batman, but it is more exciting because they've got all these new characters coming in. Personally, uh, they, the Brandon Ruth from Batman, I mean, Superman Returns, he's going to join the show as the Atom, or at least Ray Palmer. And apparently he's going to be doing a, a hostile takeover of Green Arrow's company. The, I, you know, I, I really like Brandon Ruth. I thought he got a raw deal on Batman Returns. Do it again. They got a raw deal on Superman Returns, and he looks like he, he really kind of looks the part for Ray Palmer. He's black haired instead of brown, but otherwise he's got that that sort of that like likable arrogance that I like to see in Ray Palmer. Uh, I like that because it very much distinguishes him from Hank Pine from the comics. And uh, I might actually have to watch that show just based on how much I like the Adam and, and Brandon Ruth is Ray Palmer. Oh, and then okay. also the Constantine uh, trailers have been pretty decent, too. Um, is that going to be another uh, television show? Yeah, it's going to be on NBC. Is Keanu Reeves going to be in it? Uh, it looks similar to the Keanu Reeves movies, but they've got a blonde guy who has a British accent who looks like he's a little bit more of a nasty anti-hero as opposed to just kind of you know boring like Keanu Reeves usually is. But a lot of the setups seems to be the same, a lot of exorcist type stuff. Uh, but it looks okay. Now, I'm not trying to rip on DC by saying that that Batman franchise is worn out. I think the, the Spider-Man franchise is as worn out, if not more. And uh, Shield's kind of the same way. I'm, I'm, I'm not totally avengers out, but uh, between Avengers and Captain America, and I, I just... I didn't need to watch a TV show about it. So, I mean, I might have been sabotaged from the get-go with that one, but... It still needed to be a better TV show. It was a pretty basic... It, it doesn't like it doesn't feel like it's of our time. The the Marvel's Agent of Shield feels like a show from the '90s. It feels kind of like Mutant X or uh, definitely not the, to the quality of X Files, but something like Mutant X, I guess, where it's something that would have a rabid following if it had come out 10, 15 years ago. But today, it seems very old hat. It doesn't with television having this renaissance that it's going through. Something like Marvel's Agent of Shield just doesn't cut it anymore. Mutant X, I forgot that existed. <laughs> <laughs> Now I complete my brain had completely <laughs> just was like don't need this anymore tossed it out <laughs> oh my god I mean that was a big deal though when it was coming out mm-hmm. it lasted what about three seasons you're again why would I know I have no idea I I couldn't name a character in it I I just remember that it was so weird that Mutant X was going to be the the next big uh it's the first one in a long time major comic book TV show but uh wow yeah. I really forgot. Which channel was that on? Uh, syndicated, I think. Was it? Hmm. Yeah. It was It was on a, a local UHF channel. I think it was on one of the affiliates, but I, I believe that it was syndicated and just bought by the affiliate. Maybe UPN? Was it on UPN? Back before UPN and... UPN or Fox, I can't recall. Weird. But I know it wasn't actually on Fox because Fox was upset that they were making a mutant series because they felt that they had all the rights to all the mutants. Even though they didn't use any characters from the X-Men franchise, they didn't like that there was a show with mutant in the title that wasn't theirs. 
Yeah, I, I, I did read in that Avengers press conference where somebody said, they said mutated people and almost said mutant in the Avengers press conference and caught themselves. <laughs> well, they, they referred to them as Marvels in that Stinger, no, no, wait, Miracles in the Stinger, right, with Baron Von Strucker? Mm, I don't know. The, the uh, maybe, uh, Captain America maybe. Stinger? I can't remember. It's the Age of Miracles or some crap like that. Actually, as far as Superman Batman stuff goes, I think the most interesting trailer to come out around San Diego was um, the Death of Superman Lives documentary. Have you seen any of that? No. This guy basically decided, this wild-haired guy, he just he's a fanboy, and he decided he was going to document what happened to the Tim Burton Superman movie from the early 2000s. With whatever money he could scrape together, he has gone and talked to Tim Burton, to uh, some of the a lot of the, the effects people. He's gathered up all this pre-production artwork. Uh, it looks really interesting. It's a movie that I'm not sorry didn't get made, but I, I think it's going to be fascinating to hear talked about. You know what? I, I, I did. I have looked at that some. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a new that, trailer though with a lot more material, a lot more looks at the suit, uh, proposed title sequences, storyboards, design work. Well, I don't understand is how can he, this guy not just Kickstarter and get this thing made? I, it, it seems I like think it he would... did Kickstart it. Okay, so I I, I don't understand because I, I did see. Uh... I think I saw some retweets on Twitter of that dude still trying to get some money together to get the movie made. Yeah, he hasn't quite gotten it finished yet. He because I, I I remember when he was first talking about it a year or so back. He had, all he was talking about was what he wanted to do. Now I think he's gotten some money and spent that money and got some pretty solid material, but he isn't quite done yet. So I think he needs a little bit more money to finish it off. Okay. Did you hear the news of uh, the casting for Doctor Strange? Of course not. Okay. Please enlighten. <laughs> What I'm currently hearing is that Joaquin Phoenix is in talking with Marvel about playing a role in Doctor Strange. Everybody assumes it's as Stephen Strange. Wow. Uh, nope. I, know you're, I know you're not a big Doctor Strange fan. How do you feel about Joaquin Phoenix? Pass on Joaquin Phoenix. You thanks. don't like him? No, he is. Uh, I have no use for Joaquin Phoenix. When have you ever seen anything? When was he ever in anything worth anything? Well, I really liked Buffalo Soldiers. Uh, that's one of the main movies for him that I like to go to. I thought he was great in Quills. I've heard good things about The Master. I haven't seen it personally yet. Uh, he was good in um, To Die For with Nicole Kidman. I'm reaching Nicole for a lot of older Kidman. movies, though, aren't I? Well, you're not naming anything recent. Her was very well regarded. I haven't seen it personally, but people love that movie that saw it. No, nah, I, I don't know. I, I would almost rather them have somebody I don't know. For, it's so weird how they used to flip, how you used to always want the big-name guy to be your superhero character. Now I'd almost rather not. I don't know, because I associate those characters, those actors, with other roles. You see the actor so, first and the character second, where ideally for these superhero movies you want to see your character represented. Right. So I, I would almost rather Doctor Strange not be Joaquin Phoenix, because I'm going to picture... What was it, Caesar from Gladiator, or whoever the hell his character was in Gladiator, thumbing down people? I don't know. Just or or his weird bearded phase. <laughs> he was trying to be all meta and the, the Andy tri- Kaufman thing he was doing with uh, Casey Affleck. Yeah, which was not fooling anybody. And it, oh no, I think it fooled everybody. I think most of the world still thinks he's a crazy drug addict and never caught on to the joke. Really? Yeah, I think it really damaged his career. I th- I think that the general public still thinks he's a nutcase. Oh, I think it damaged his career because I think he's an idiot. Oh well, there could be that too. Because I, I don't think that movie got particularly good reviews either. Not everybody can be Sasha Baron Cohen, not even Sasha Baron Cohen. Well, yeah. My main issue, well, for starters, I, I'm I'm greatly relieved if he is going up for the Stephen Strange role because they they were banning about a lot of extremely boring or awful people. Johnny Depp, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jared Leto. These are not people who are going to get me excited. And I, I actually really love the Doctor Strange character. And I think that the, it could be a fantastic fantastic movie if they just adapt the first few storylines from the Stan Lee, Steve Ditko original stories. Uh, Stephen Strange is one of the best origin comics of 
ever. You know, I love his origin. The, I think my main problem is one, I, as much as I'm glad that it's not somebody horrible, I do like Joaquin Phoenix. I've enjoyed him in a number of roles, but he's still not the guy I would be like, it would even come to mind for a, a part like that, or even a part of a superhero movie in general. And I don't really see him as being like a franchise player in one of these superhero shows. I'm kind of hoping that maybe he's going to be the star as Mordo, Baron Mordo, and then have somebody who's an unknown or little known play Doctor Strange. I'm hoping maybe that's the way they're going, because I have a much easier time seeing him as Mordo than Strange. Yeah, okay, I, I, and I'm bound with that. But yeah, because but, but having him be Doctor Strange is, is very Ed Norton as Bruce Banner, right? Like, it's yeah. not... It's just not going to work. Well, and so, what's uh, funny, too, is for both Bruce Banner and Doctor Strange, I'd rather somebody like Adrian Brody. And uh, he, I don't think he's ever come up in talks for Marvel characters. I could see that, and he's not a he's not super high enough profile. Whereas I think Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 he's not high profile, but... He's kind of artsy-fartsy. He's one of those guys who wants to do his art movies, and you figure he's doing this so that he can pay for you know financing on one of those movies or something right right but but he's also but he's been around longer well that and while i know he can be charismatic and i, I the main movie i go to is buffalo soldiers because he was pretty cool in that flick usually he plays these kind of weird quirky or sad sack type characters and i don't want to see that from dr strange i want to be cool and honestly my main beef is i really would rather have a non-white actor play dr strange uh, I especially would like an Asian actor because when you look at the early appearances, he looks like he's an Asian. His master was obviously Asian, and it takes a lot of the pressure off of having Wong around if it's an Asian with an Asian manservant as opposed to a white guy with a manservant. Yeah, I don't think Wong's making this movie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I, in my, actually, my top pick is John Cho who hasn't gotten to do this kind of part before, but I think he could pull it off and be awesome, and I think the energy he'd bring in interacting with other Marvel actors would be fantastic. Where Joaquin, I don't know what kind of energy, he, energy he's going to bring into a room. I don't, I can't predict what he's going to do in a role like that. You mean like John Cho, Harold and Kumar? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Have you ever seen him do a serious part, though? I thought it was ridiculous they got him for, for Star Trek. But I like, thought he was probably fine as Sulu. He wasn't. He didn't have a lot to do, but I, I don't think I didn't find him distracting. I, I found him distracting. I kept trying to figure out if this is just another kooky episode of trying to discover White Castle. You think like he's going to like turn one of the spacesuits they're wearing into a, a bong or something? Yeah. Well, it was the same thing with Simon Pegg being Scotty. Like, I, I it's just weird. I, see, I, I didn't have a problem with that either. I, I was able to let that go. Uh, I mean, it wasn't as bad once I actually saw it. I get, I have that same feeling with uh, he shouldn't be Doctor Strange, man. Come on. Okay, but but anybody who's not another white guy, because you know we've got one heroine in all of Marvel comics movies. We've got three black sidekick supporting characters. After Guardians of the Galaxy, we're going to have two green people, a talking raccoon, an ambulatory tree. But the only halfway notable Latino actor so far turned out to be a Hydra agent. So they need to, you know, and, and the next three movies they got coming up, you got Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, and Doctor Strange, and so far it's looking to be just white people city. We got to have some diversity in there. I'm kind of ha- halfway hoping that Ant-Man turns out to be a wasp backdoor pilot. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. And uh, just to take it out, too, because most of those trailers weren't very impressive, how'd you like the Mad Max trailer? Oh, I thought that was, I thought it was fantastic. That, uh, I don't, you know, I, I haven't watched the Road Warrior movies in a long time. I enjoyed them back in the early 80s. I'm not sure how well they would hold up. But watching that trailer reminded me of how seeing the trailers for those movies back in the early 80s made me feel. It really does feel like it's that same power uh, that that 
sense of immersion into a, a apocalyptic world that I got from those movies back in the 80s. So I'm much more excited about that movie than I've been in a lot of the other things we've talked about today. I mean, obviously, the, the entire trailer is perpetual car chase scene. The, the crashes and everything just looked so fantastic. It didn't look like there was a bunch of lame CGI in it, um, which there probably there could have been, again. There it, absolutely had to be some CGI in there, but it looked good, so it didn't matter. But some of those, the car collisions, uh, it's just, oh, man. Great choice of music, I thought, too. Yeah, it, it looked good. And I'm so glad that Tom Hardy sounds like Mel Gibson as opposed to Bane. Yeah, yeah. And and, and he was Australian. I mean, he's doing an Australian accent, right? Is he Australian? Uh, no, he's definitely not Australian. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. But he sounded like Mel Gibson in the, in the Mad Max movies. It, it sounded like he was doing the voice that he had in those movies. Well, hey, uh, Hemsworth, you know, he's not American or Shakespearean, but <laughs> uh, he's pretty convincing. And then Home Dude from Walking Dead, I had no idea was a Brit until I... Until I was hearing an interview with him, and I'm like, oh my god, he is a very convincing Atlantean, or whatever, whoever people from Atlanta. <laughs> uh, what do you call those, Atlantites? Atlanta, I think that they're Atlanteans. At first so. I thought you were talking about the Namor episode again, and I realized, oh, you're talking about Georgia. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> shout out to episode uh, one there. The Marvel Superheroes podcast is in no way affiliated or endorsed by Marvel Entertainment. All characters mentioned and audio clips employed are believed covered under fair use, but remain copyright the respective copyright holders. But of course, the views expressed are wholly owned by the people who spoke them. No infringement is intended. Those early trailers, you don't really know what the hell's going on. It's all about introducing the characters and just giving you a sense of the vibe of the movie, not really the plot. Now they're starting to give you plot. So you're starting to get to where you know what's going to happen, and I love going into movies cold. I'm not that guy that they talk about in the surveys where they want to kind of know everything that's going to happen. They just want to see it play out to their expectations. I want to be surprised. I don't want to know what the hell I'm going to see. Jerk me around. I'm looking forward to that stuff. And so I'm at the point now where I'm having to pull back. I've watched... My last trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm, I'm, I'm now going into stealth mode in terms of that. I'm, I'm just ignoring it as much as possible. Well, like, I just, uh, I have to say Marvel has spoiled me quite a bit because I just went to the latest uh, Michael Bay um, Jism Fest. Transformers? And, yes. And we literally, half the theater sat in their seats waiting for a surprise ending that deep down I knew was not, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, it's not a Marvel movie. They're not going to do something cool at the end. And literally, half the theater just sat there waiting, anticipating an ending, and then you see the fucking credits finish, and the Paramount logo pop up, and people were like, boo, and they were booing the screen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny to me that every time I go see these movies, nine-tenths of the, the theater get up and leave. Yeah, like, you leave during the Marvel movie, and you don't leave during the Michael Bay movie? Yeah, well, weird. those are the fanboys, though. Those are the geeks seeing it. Day opening night, Ooh, yeah. Sound stream out or something. Did you see it Thursday or Friday or what? No, we saw it Thursday night. Okay, yeah. so yeah, those are the hardcore okay. guys. Yeah. And so, and, we, and like I said, we really thought. I mean, the theater sat there. We're watching. We're watching. We're going through a god awful version of some rock band from the '90s song, remixed. And <laughs> like I said, that Paramount logo come up, and the first thing you hear is boo. <laughs> People are booing the screen. I kid you not. I what did see a popcorn though? box fly. I don't know, dude. I. Fucking Did they need a little bit more Marky banging Mark? a female robot. I don't know. We just Some we sort of foreshadowing <laughs> for the next one. Or? Perhaps yeah. like uh, Megatron going to become a headmaster or something. I uh, don't dude, know. anything would have been better than that way the movie ended anyway. So because okay. I mean when we saw the X Men movie and and like I Which said we still haven't seen. So oh, you guys it. suck. But I've already seen it three times. I've given them so much money. <laughs> um, but actually I, that was one of my I, options if I if we didn't get you today at right. all to go see that movie. And well, like I said, that. we stayed. 
And the, and the fun thing about these type of movies is we stayed and it was with fans the first night. That's why I like going to open it. They're fans. You're right. Mm-hmm. So the first night we went, me and uh, my little buddy, we saw it. It was nothing but fans. So when scenes happened on the screen, the crowd reacted. Girls cried. People cheered. It was a cool atmosphere. You get to the very end, they do that little mini ending, and the fucking place explodes with people screaming and laughing and can't wait. Then I saw it a week later with some other friends. I'm sitting there, and I, I already know what's going to happen, so I, I started paying attention more to the, to the audience to see no reactions. The scenes happened that I remember people reacting very emotionally to. People just sat there staring at it. Ending happened, surprise ending. A couple people clapped, and that was it. Third time I saw it with some other friends. We're sitting there. No reaction at all. It was it was like watching a commercial. People were just like, I mean, they liked the movie. They were enjoying the movie, but there was no that emotional connection to the characters. That history was gone. So I, I've now made it a point that any movie of this this nature of this genre, I have to see it opening night. But one thing I kind of dig though, I kind of like seeing the movies with normal people in part because I don't like people making a bunch of noise when I'm trying to watch a movie. But also because get off my lawn, kids. Watching Winter Soldier with normal people. And then they have the big reveal in that movie. And normal people, like common people, we all know what the hell is going to happen in that movie. Normal people didn't. And that you actually hear people gasping in shock at the reveal of who the Winter Soldier is. They don't know. So sometimes it's great because you see that the normal people who are not invested in the comics are invested in the cinematic universe. And it matters. And they remember those callbacks. They, they know what happened in the previous movie. And you, they can have those Luke, I am your father moments that we can have. Mm. So sometimes you can enjoy that vicariously just seeing... Not so much necessarily that there was a reaction, but who's having the reaction. Oh, Knowing that there, there's that. penetration just, into normal audiences, regular people. Are I don't know, just sitting with, a, with your own kind, it's kind of cool. Because they, they, the things that you feel or you react to, they react to. So you react that as, as one. Like there's certain, there were certain scenes where we all reacted toward the screen together as a group. And it was kind of cool. Like we all feel the same thing. Where I get yours, but yours is more like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Let me turn around and see. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, eh, that's, that was my second viewing. And eh, it was clinical. Well, it, I don't it was, see. It was sterile. It was, yeah. Like people did react, but it wasn't like that first night where, like, literally, I'm telling you, when they showed the, the little clip at the end, the fucking theater went nuts. People were screaming and kicking things. I'm just like, okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I think they're both just different experiences. Um but it, I think for some of the, the movies that we're really into, like I think it's cooler to go see it on an opening night when you know it's going to be packed with people who are all hyped up to go. Like Iron Man, everybody's all hyped up to go see the first Iron Man movie when it came out. Oh, well, we went to go see like was it uh, The Matrix, remember? And Neo and them show up to the fucking theater. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's sequels. We saw the sequels. Yeah. That, that was too far. That stuff's dumb. No. What, um, actually, that was a dream we all had. Those sequels never happened. I keep thinking there's Matrix sequels. That never happened. Uh, I've seen him. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs>